The Imperial Ottoman Bank belonged in a world which disappeared to a large extent with World War I. It was a state bank, yet it was private. It was Ottoman, but had a foreign capital base. It was managed from Istanbul, but the decisions were taken in Paris and London. It was obvious that this hybrid creature of 19th century capitalism would have the greatest difficulties to adapt to a new context dominated by nationalist discourse and ideology. In the wake of the Young Turk Revolution of 1908, the bank had become the target of serious accusations of serving the interests of its foreign shareholders and of their governments rather than the nation it was supposed to represent. When the Ottoman Empire entered the war at the end of 1914, siding with Germany, this legitimacy crisis reached a peak and the bank was literally divided between its capital on the Entente side and its network in the Ottoman lands. The government considered seizing the bank, but soon decided against it, limiting its intervention to the expulsion of employees of enemy nationality. Despite the extreme difficulties of wartime, the bank managed to stay afloat throughout the conflict, yielding to some of the government's pressure without, however, surrendering blindly. The defeat of the empire and the occupation of Istanbul by the Allied forces brought back a temporary balance. However, a nationalist reaction was building up in Anatolia and threatened to challenge the fragile balance of the 1918 armistice. Free from political prejudice, the bank was astute enough to play it on both fronts, offering discreet support to the nationalist forces in Anatolia. The bank was eventually rewarded for its insight by Ankara's goodwill when, after a sudden reversal of the situation, a Kemalist victory brought about the establishment of the Republic. The bank could not survive without its territory and the young republic still lacked a proper financial infrastructure. A compromise was thus negotiated in 1924 and 25, resulting in a formula that confirmed the bank's concession while opening the way to the creation of a Turkish central bank. The Imperial Ottoman Bank thus became the only institution of the empire that was able to maintain the Ottoman in its name, relinquishing only its imperial attribute. Of course, there was a price to pay. Following the negotiations with the government, the bank had to agree to a certain number of conditions aimed at toning down its cosmopolitan profile. Thus, the use of Turkish was introduced and those employees who did not know the language had to be gradually trained. A much more drastic measure concerned the progressive reduction of the proportion of non-Turkish and non-Muslim employees in order to harmonize the staff's ethno-religious profile with the new definition of the Turkish nation. In short, the point was to Turkify an institution which still remained foreign from the viewpoint of its capital and management. This enabled the Ottoman Bank to make a relatively smooth transition into the Republican regime by abandoning its last prerogatives in 1933 upon the creation of the Central Bank of the Republic of Turkey. 
It thus became and remained for a very long time the only foreign bank in Turkey enjoying the privilege of functioning under a status assimilated with that of Turkish banks.